Hey everybody, welcome to episode 9 of Did We Just Become Best Friends? Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm the other one, Reese. And together we're a pair of hosts. A pair of hosts who watched Rango. Rango. Reese, did you just, you don't have to tell me right now, but did you enjoy it? Uh, we'll get into that. We'll we'll see. Alright, ooh, it's a secret. Yeah, I mean, I've got feelings. I've got thoughts. Well, who doesn't? I know our uh, our listening audience isn't getting the full experience right now, but that's a lovely haircut you've got there, Brandon. Oh, thank you. I just uh, just got it done yesterday. Nice. Yesterday afternoon. Yesterday morning, I got my second Pfizer. Excellent. So I'm a little sore. Jersey's fully in bed with like a fever. Oh, yeah. But, uh... Other than that, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, you got off pretty pretty lucky though. You feel feel decent. I feel all right. It's I'm pretty achy and yeah, in spots where I because I sleep on my stomach, which uh, they say you shouldn't do. Who says that? I don't. That's spine doctors. Oh. But you know, I can't fall asleep any other way, so I I do it. Yeah. But so my lower back's usually a little sore. It's very sore today. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. that'll happen. Yeah, I got I got I lucked out with my shots. I, I just was feeling a little. A little achy, but nothing too serious. But good. I'm glad glad you're feeling all right. Send Jersey my best. I hope she's okay. I will, for sure. But that's exciting. Two more weeks, right? And then you're you're cleared. You're good to go. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. I can get on the subway. I can lick a random handrail. I never stopped doing that. Oh, well, you, you should have. CD, CDC said nothing about licking handrails. They didn't? I guess no. I just assumed they said something. No, they've never said anything about it. So I could have been doing that this whole time. I have, yeah. I never stopped. In fact, during the quarantine, there were like there was more access to handrails, so I I licked more of them probably in this past year than ever before. Wow, silver linings, huh? Yeah, actually, um, I went to my first restaurant since like March of last year this weekend. Hell yeah! Yeah, first time going out and doing something, and uh, it was weird. I felt a little uncomfortable. It was out. It was outdoor seating and everything. Mm-hmm. But still, it was it was a strange experience. But it felt good, you know. It was nice to, I got some mimosas and ate some Ooh. waffles. It was like kind of a nice little brunch. Nice little brunch party. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. What have you gotten up to this week? I did. Uh, still working on stairs and stuff. It's your whole life now. Jeez. It seems to be. We had finished the stairs last time, but then. The stairs go two direction here, so there is a landing. Yeah. So that was this week's project, was doing hardwood flooring on the landing. Nice. And now, uh, barring a, a little bit of glue, it's all done. And next week, we can talk about how I did the upstairs hallway with hardwood. Oh, fascinating. I can't wait to hear how that went. So It's a mystery to all of us right now. <laughs> Indeed. Um, let's see. What else is going on? I watched this three-part documentary series on Hulu called Sasquatch. I've heard uh, I've heard things about it. Yeah, so I I had like kind of a big Sasquatch weekend cuz I I drove to visit my family. Um and so I was in the car for a while and I was listening to the Astonishing Legends podcast. They did a six-part series. Like this is a few years ago, I think, like 2019 maybe. They did mm-hmm. a six-part series on the Patterson Gimlin film, which is that I don't know if you're a, a Bigfoot enthusiast. But it's that iconic, supposed, real capturing of, like, Bigfoot evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you've seen the one where, like... Yeah, the blurry, uh, sideways, walking one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so they're breaking it down, talking all about it. 
Uh, I've only listened like half of this thing. It's six parts, and they're each like two hours long. So mm-hmm. it was like plenty of content to get me through my drive, uh, but I still didn't finish it. Anyway, so I've like been in, in the Bigfoot zone this weekend, and so I got home on Sunday evening and decided, oh, I'm going to watch this Bigfoot documentary. Come to find out, it's not about Bigfoot at all. That's what I've heard. A little bit it is. Like, it, it was a real a real bait and switch. It was a real, hey, hey, come come watch this this cool, like, true crime documentary about Bigfoot. And then by episode three, they were like, oh, really? You think Bigfoot's real? Idiot. <laughs> of course he's not real. And I was just, I was really disappointed, honestly. I've got a bone to pick with those filmmakers. Because it was good. It was interesting. The The setup was that this guy... In his 20s, like when he was like 23, he worked on a weed farm in Northern California, and he heard a story about these three dudes getting ripped apart by a Bigfoot. So, you know, 30 years later or whatever, he's an investigative journalist, and he's like, I got to figure out if that ever happened. Like, what's the deal with that story? And so he goes, and it's like, yeah, no, no it wasn't Bigfoot. It was just, It was just a story. <laughs> and I'm just like... I'm like, I watched like three hours of this shit just for y'all to spit in my face at the end of it. It hurt. I'm not uh, I'm not super into Bigfoot. Not to say that he doesn't or can't exist. I just think, you know, the guy deserves a little bit of privacy. Sure. Yeah, It's got to be hard having everyone looking for you, trying to find your house. It's got to be difficult for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that uh, of the cryptids, uh, Bigfoot's the most likely, right? I think we've all, you know, like, there's never been any good evidence of the Loch Ness Monster. No. Jersey Devil doesn't seem to be very likely. Chupacabra, probably not, although there's some weird things with that. But, like, Bigfoot and Yeti, Sasquatch, you know, they're all over the place. Everyone's yeah. everyone's talking about those guys. And, like, in every single culture, there's been a some big ape man Big, tall ape man with yeah, so, large, hairy feet. I don't know. I think the the more developed, the wild, <laughs> the, the uncivilized world becomes, the less likely it seems like Bigfoot can exist in secrecy. But mm. there's still a lot of places in this in this world that have yet to be fully explored. So who knows? I mean, we got we got North Dakota and South Dakota. It's true. And how many people live there? Like twenty. Yeah, like 13, I think. Yeah. Nothing. So, that seems like a good place to start. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting, though. Like I said, this has been a real big Bigfoot weekend for me. Pennsylvania, you know, where I'm from, is like the third, the the state with the third most Bigfoot sightings in the whole country. Really? Yeah, I think think, uh, Washington is number one, and then California, and then Pennsylvania. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe there are, like, different types. Like, maybe, like, California, Washington, maybe they have, like, brown Bigfoot, like like a grizzly Mm -hmm. Bigfoot, and we got, like, black bear Bigfoot over here. You know, maybe they're, like, a little smaller, maybe a little little less aggressive. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. to say? We haven't found them yet. Exactly. No one knows. But Hmm. interesting nonetheless. And and now all I want is for someone to make, like, a, a genuine, good Bigfoot movie or documentary or something, you know? Like, I feel like... All of these Bigfoot TV shows are like, they're always kind of real goofy or they treat the believers like a bunch of idiots. It just, it just seems like a fraud. But I, I want, like, that's what I was hoping this was going to be. I was hoping it was going to be like a real, like someone who is just being genuine 
just some real authenticity to this thing. And then it was just, no, it's just a murder by people. It's just boring. People are always killing each other. That's not news. <sighs> no. No, what it's, it means nothing to me. <laughs> Give me Bigfoot or just keep your mouth shut, you know? That's what I say to every news program that uh, my eyes come across. Yeah. No, I respect that. Well, let's get into the movie. Rango. Rango. I've probably seen Rango about four or five times at this point. Wow, nice. Rango, 2011, written and directed by Gore Verbinski. Yep. Or at least directed by Gore Verbinski. Yeah, he wrote it with some dudes. Starring Johnny Depp and Isla Fisher, Alfred Molina. What a great cast. Timothy Jeez. Oliphant shows up for a hot sec. Yeah, that was fun. Stephen Root. Love him. Well, who who was Stephen Root? He was a couple characters. He was the banker. Okay. And he was a couple of maybe unnamed characters. You can tell when is whenever it's him talking. Yeah, but he was the main one. He was the banker. Mm-hmm. That's good. He's great. Harry Dean Stanton showed up for a second, I think. I don't know who that is. You don't know who Harry Dean Stanton is? And not by name. You yeah, by you'd recognize him. Oh, I see. He was the uh he was like the blind mole guy who uh who mm. was accused of stealing the water tank. And he did try to steal the water tank. Yeah, they tried, but but that was yeah, Harry Dean Stanton's great. Yeah, it was a really good cast. I remember seeing, like, when they made this movie, how they did it. Like, they shot everything on a soundstage with all the actors and then animated mm-hmm. and, like, recorded that audio and then animated over that or something, which is really cool. I like that a lot. That's, like, a fun way. I, I just saw recently, actually, how they did the voice recordings for Fantastic Mr. Fox, mm-hmm. and it was, like, kind of similar. Like, they, they shot a lot on location with all the actors together, right? or just recorded audio on location, I guess. Which is, like, really fun. Like, if you're going to... Yeah. Like, I think, like, that's the most fun stuff about making a movie. So, like, if you're going to make an animated movie, you might as well still do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely more fun for the voice actors. Oh, yeah. And you get a more dynamic performance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was fun, though. Overall, I didn't I didn't love this movie. I think it's fine on every level. I, to be totally honest, I kind of thought it was a little bit boring, but... Okay. Um, my biggest gripe with it is that it felt very unoriginal in how almost every scene or <laughs> so many shots and music cues, almost all of it was a reference to another movie. Even the whole plot, the whole plot was like Chinatown. I don't know if you've seen Chinatown, but that was like, that's the plot of Chinatown. Basically. I have not seen Chinatown, but that is basically the point of the movie. What? Is that this is a story. This is Rango's story, or unnamed chameleon story, if you don't want to call him Rango, because that's not even his name. I made it up. He just makes it up after looking at a bottle of cactus juice. But to me, the point is that he's this nobody at the beginning. He's been living in a void, and like he's one of his first lines right before the car wreck that causes this whole adventure is, a hero can't exist in a void, he needs some sort of driving incident to thrust him out into the world. Mm. It's about really Rango turning from this nothing character into him pretending to be something he's not, into him becoming that thing at the end of the day. Yeah, sure. I get the movie. I wasn't confused. <laughs> I just didn't, I don't like that. I think that there's a fine line between relying on 
references to other things and, you know, honoring them or homaging them or whatever. And I think this one kind of fell a little too far to reliance. Because, like, you take out half of those things and, like, you don't have a movie anymore. Like, a lot of those scenes were just, oh, yeah, do you ever see this movie? or you ever... <laughs> I don't know. I, I just thought it was a little... Um, I was just unimpressed. I thought that, like, concept-wise, it was really funny and interesting. And I was kind of excited about it. And it just kind of fell flat for me. You know, it just didn't... It didn't wow me. Didn't do anything that made me go, like, oh, yeah, that was good stuff. It was mostly just, like, all right, yeah, I probably would have liked this if I saw it when it came out. I get that. For me, this is one of those movies where it's, like, I like it a lot. It's not a movie that I really love. But it is a movie that I think is quite good, and I do enjoy watching it from time to time, but I think it's it's a better movie than it is a movie that I like, necessarily. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I know. Yeah, Gore Ver- Verbinski is a totally competent filmmaker. He's made plenty good movies. He knows how to do it. I, this one just felt uninspired to me. It just felt a little lazy, I guess. I disagree uh and i would say that i get what you're saying that it feels like it relies too much on reference and homage but at the same time this movie is 100 percent meant to be homage to everything yeah but look at look at um hot fuzz hot fuzz is a good example that is 100 percent a spoof basically like it is it is there there are lines of dialogue that are taken from movies that are shown within the movie, you know, mm-hmm. like, like it's, it's obviously trying to be point break and bad boys and all these different movies, but it, it does it in a way that one shows that the filmmaker really cared about those movies and could poke a little bit of fun at them in a, like a meaningful, sincere way. And two, that they understand the fundamentals of what makes those movies work and my issue with this is that it didn't feel like it was done from a place of sincerity. It was like, okay, we're making a, a kid's movie western with talking animals. Let's just throw as many western references and stuff into it as we can so that the parents aren't bored. You know, like that's kind of like, like I genuinely rolled my eyes when the spirit of the West was revealed to just be Clint Eastwood. You know, he was literally the man with no name. And it's just like, come on. And, like, right at the beginning when um, he, like, lands on the windshield of Hunter S. Thompson, you know, from uh, whatever the fear and loathing. loathing. Yeah. Um, Like, it's all that stuff that just, like, just, like, I get it. It's funny. But, like, it's too much. It becomes a point where it's just, like, it's annoying to me. Okay, well, I've got a couple issues with your issues. First, this wasn't a movie directed toward kids. I guess that's true. It was, yeah, it was kind of a, yeah, I yeah, I get that. It is a Nickelodeon movie though, and I remember yeah. I was like fifteen when this movie came out, and it was definitely at least directed towards me. Yeah, no, it's definitely for a PG thirteen and up audience. But when it was originally released, there was a big like, coalition of moms who were like, hey, this is a cartoon, it's supposed to be for children. This is a terrible movie because it's not for my four-year-old kid. It could be, though. I mean, yeah, if I were four, I'd probably enjoy it. There's a lot of talk about killing and murdering in it. 
Yeah, there is. But, you know, kids need that stuff, too, for a healthy development. That's true. Yeah, you can't coddle them from the real world. And I think it's very fitting that uh, Rango's vision of the spirit of the West is an actor. Because Rango, before all this happened, was an actor, basically. Just living his his sad little pet life. But, yeah, I think... I think that it's a good movie. End of thought. Yeah, I mean that's totally fine. I, uh, yeah, I yeah, I guess it just it really was fine. I I like my probably my biggest gripe with it honestly honestly is uh, that there was no consistency with the sizes of things. Why like why are there some things that are real world objects, but other things like even in the first scene with Rango, he's like hanging out with half of a Barbie doll. And, like, that's funny. But then he, he has a glass of water that, like, fits his little hand. And it's like, why? Like, pick one. Like Maybe the glass of water came with the Barbie doll. Maybe. Yeah, yeah perhaps. It's just, like, there's there was a lot of that where it's like, okay, so they have some things from the real world. Real world. That's tricky to say. For their own everyday uses. And then some things they just have clearly made mm-hmm. uh, that just works for them. And... It's I don't know. There's like some disconnect there where it's like it's like all right, you can do one or the other. I don't I don't feel, I don't feel like you can really do both. You know? I don't personally see an issue with them doing both. I've got because... some some suspension of disbelief that I I can't handle, you know? Like it, I don't think you even it. need to suspend your disbelief. It's you it's there's things that to. humans have created. I don't think you need to suspend your disbelief for this specific thing. Mm. Cuz there's things that humans have created like one of the houses is a mailbox exactly that's funny i like that or like the bank vault is a big water cooler jug Mm -hmm. that's hilarious but then they have guns and they have clothes that they made themselves exactly dumb they made those that's not dumb that's dumb they're a society they're a society of animals who live amongst people but amongst people they live way out in the mojave desert all right well we have to assume that probably Rango wasn't was not talking to his owners in Yeah, his I would cage. I would say that's probably correct. So what? It's like a Toy Story thing, but like in Toy Story they're not they're not creating little civilizations and making their own guns, you, you know? know? There's a there's a real world there where there's just not here. There's just not. There's definitely a real world. There's just this it's so far in the desert that there are no humans near them. Rango can make a day and a half journey to be able to see Las Vegas because that's there mm-hmm. but they don't live with the people there's no people living near them well I can't imagine that these animals can live in secrecy forever when they blow things up and and make little guns and and attachments for their rattles so that they have machine guns on their body <laughs> well that's that's just cool yeah that was cool that was pretty sick <laughs> I can tell you, I am ridiculously familiar with the Mojave Desert. Oh, yeah. And there I'm is sure. nothing there. I think I, I don't see any problem with a tiny society <laughs> of animals living there and being overlooked for hundreds of thousands of years. Okay. That is an empty place. Yeah, it's kind of like the Bigfoot thing. Like, yeah. There's no way that we can explore all of the the forests of the world like there's got to be some things in there that we've never seen before oh good we've come full circle so we we have realized that bigfoot is almost undoubtedly real and therefore there is no reason to have to suspend your disbelief 
about this town of tiny critters. I still think it's too far. I still think that this little town of tiny critters isn't making machine guns. Like, I just, I don't buy it. Well, I just don't buy it in the real human world, which they also I mean, try look, to sell. Maybe you have to suspend your disbelief for the bats with tiny little Gatling guns on their back. Yeah. But that's so much fun that I don't have any issue with that. Yeah. That was cute. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I'm Every time I watch it, I'm very impressed with the animation. Yeah. Because anytime there's a shot like without any characters in it, I'm like, is this a real? Is this just? Yeah, it does look footage? really good. They did really good, and the music was really good. The music was great, actually, and it was obviously also referencing a lot of other things. But that really worked for me. I thought that that was really good. I, I it was another thing with like character designs that I like. Some of them were fun, but like ultimately, no, I've got no complaints about that. I like those. <laughs> No, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was good. The animation was good. Yeah. It, it Like I said, it was a very competently made film. I can, I can see where you're coming from. Something that I really liked uh, character design-wise is the outfits that Rango's in throughout the movie. Yeah. Because they're all kind of, each one's a reference to something. Mm-hmm. He's originally in his Hawaiian shirt, completely out of place, fish out of water. Uh, and then once he becomes sheriff, the first outfit he has made is a very, like, flamboyant, red and black, pristine, I don't know what kind of suit you would call that, but almost like something, like, from the Three Amigos. Yeah. Where it's, like, very fancy, and it's much fancier than anyone actually would have worn back then. And it was kind of a design choice from older movies to be, like, I don't know, I guess to look good on black and white footage. I'm not sure why they made it. Yeah. But that was a very popular thing to do in older westerns where they kind of dress them like almost like they were going to play in mariachi bands yeah right uh and then once he actually has to do something in tracking down the water thieves he's put in a much more understated normal looking outfit just western clothes that someone would actually wear at the time Uh, and then he's kicked out of town and when he comes back he's like wearing the poncho he's full clint eastwood when he comes back (laughs) yeah so i really liked the progression of his outfits yeah, they did some good stuff with that. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe maybe they are big fans of westerns and were really just showing love. But I don't know. It was. It's more for me. It's like, well, I'd rather just watch the the westerns that this was referencing so much. Hmm. Like, should just go watch the Clint Eastwood movies. They're more fun anyway. Or like Django, not Django Unchained, which is fine, I guess. But Django like, Unchained is great. Yeah, but like real Django, the OG Django. The Django that inspired Django. Django 1.0. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. All right. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, I didn't personally enjoy this movie very much, but I don't have many gripes other than I, I do gripe about the items in the world, how they make things. That's an unreasonable gripe. Your standards are too high. I can't, I just can't get past that. That one just from the very beginning, I was like, hold it. Wait, why does he have that glass? You can't believe in Bigfoot while also simultaneously not believing that a society of tiny animals could make small things. Yes, I can. I've done it. It's a touch hypocritical, if you ask me. Maybe, but, you know, that's the great thing about having my own opinions about movies and Bigfoots, is they don't have to, they don't have to line up with any moral code. Well, maybe they should. <laughs> Perhaps, but not today. Well, what else has been going on? Tell, tell me tell me something I don't know. Let's see. Something that you don't know. What's an interesting fact about me? Yeah. 
That's what this I'm is, asking. This was always my favorite thing to do in like a classroom setting. Yeah, and I didn't even give you time to prepare while other people are, are answering. You're just on yeah. the spot. I'm on the spot right here. Let's see. Have I told you that I used to row on a crew team? Yeah, I think we kind of... Yeah, like you didn't. Have. Yeah, that came up. How'd you, how'd you get into crew? I was just... It was around. I wasn't like up for any contact sports. Yeah. I wasn't good enough at swinging a bat to do baseball. Mm, I was really bad at baseball. Baseball's hard. I played in Little League. I played like three years of baseball, and that was it. I didn't start until mm. like the fifth grade, and I was bad. I was really, really bad. My parents started me on like t-ball and youth soccer leagues when I was like six. I really didn't play sports growing up, now that I think about it. Like when I was young, I didn't. I played basketball like in you know elementary school. Mm-hmm. But I always knew that that wasn't gonna be gonna be a thing that stuck because of my short stature. But like my mom never made me play anything, so I I just never really wanted to do anything else. I did flag football for one year in kindergarten. We oh. lost every single game, and then we lost. Uh, we we were even put in like a championship match because everyone got to play a bowl, right? Like that's how <laughs> that's how it works. So we played the what was colloquially known as the toilet bowl and lost that. And they still gave us a really cool trophy. So that was my flag football experience. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't start playing like soccer until high school or until like middle school. And then that, that's the one that stuck for me. Yeah. I stopped doing sports around middle school. Cause I did, my parents put me in soccer, t-ball, uh, swim team. Oh, wow. And I did all those and I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I don't like doing this. Uh, and then it was the summer after eighth grade. Parents were like, is there any like activity you want to do? And the crew team has like a summer training camp that they do. And if you're like interested in joining when you become a freshman, you can go as a rising freshman. So I was like, sure, I'll go do that. It's like two weeks. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is fun. It's less, uh, it's, it's team based, but it's less individual because you're all yeah. working together. That is it's not nice. like when you're on a soccer team and you're, Everyone else on your team can be good, but you can suck. Yeah, you can fuck up the whole thing. And then it's like, hey, or it'll be like, hey, you won. And it's like, well, I didn't do anything. Yeah. So I don't feel like I won. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. What, what like, body of water were you rowing on? Uh, I believe we were on the Occoquan River in Virginia. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that sounds really nice. It's like a good, a good activity. Keeps you outside for most of it, yeah. I assume. It's nice. You get to be on a river. You get to row by all these trees. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. Just a nice little, nice little area to, to go to. I signed up for cross country once because I kind of thought the same thing. Like, oh, it'd be nice to be outside and run in interesting places. And um, I did the first practice, and then I never went back. <laughs> I was like, this is not for me. All you do in this thing is run. That's it. And I was like, ugh, no thanks. So I did track, and I hated doing track. I only did track for like two years, but I wasn't very good. But yeah, that's about. That's cool though. Yeah, crew's really neat. I wish we didn't even have that offered. Like I'm jealous of the people who got to play like lacrosse or like rugby. I don't know if rugby was a high school thing, but I feel like there's some really interesting. Like we didn't even have a chess club, you know? Like, <laughs> we didn't have anything. I ended up making a film club in like the tenth grade, and. 
it just never even it never happened because I was literally the only person who was interested in movies. <laughs> so, it, but I did manage to. It was either eleventh grade or senior year. I managed to have three study halls because I had two study halls anyway, just because I I didn't need to take many classes. It must have been my mm-hmm. senior year, I guess. But I I managed to get a third one because I was taking independent film studies is what I called it. <laughs> uh, so I was supposed to be like giving myself a film class for 40 minutes every other day or whatever. But I just mm-hmm. I just had three study halls. Basically, it was awesome. Let's see. My senior year, they wouldn't let us they wouldn't let us do uh, study halls. So we had to fill our whole curriculum. That sucks. Like study halls are so nice to be able to get your shit done before you go home. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you should be, I think study halls should be mandatory. And once you, once you get past recess age, you get study hall age, right? Yeah. That's, I'd, I'd sign that petition. Yeah. At my second high school that I went to junior, senior year, we did have like a 30 minute study hall, like attached to like third period. So after third period, you would just stay there and That's you'd interesting. have 30 free minutes. But so since I had to fill up my schedule for the first semester, I took typing because that was a mandatory credit for graduation at my wow. new high school. Interesting. But it wasn't at my old high school. So I had to do it as senior, whereas everyone else doing it was a freshman. Yeah. I think we had like a typing class in like eighth grade. Hmm. So I did that for one semester. And then after that, I got to trade it for TAing for a theater class. That's neat. Which is, that was a lot of fun. Oh, was- I've got. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That was basically study hall for me. Yeah, I was just I was like friends with the theater teacher because I did every play. That's awesome. I don't know if Jersey ever told you. At some point, I started assistant directing the <laughs> plays. So I put I put assistant directing in air quotes because that was what I was supposed to do, but it never ended up happening. So our school had a musical that was done every year, like a big mm. musical, and I was never interested in those. So I never. After, like, the sixth grade when we had to do the musical, I never signed up for that or anything. But Mm -hmm. at some point, our English teacher, who also did theater stuff, she wanted to set up doing, like, a a play alongside with the musical. So, like, space it out so that kids could do both if they they wanted to. But, like, way fewer people were going to do the play was the idea. And Mm -hmm. that's that's exactly what happened. So I, I, like, jumped on to that with her, and I was supposed to assistant direct. But it ended up just like hanging out with everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's how Mikey and I met. And I think that's when like Jersey and I became closer. And it was just really chill to like hang out. And I learned a little bit, but probably not as much as I should have. But yeah, that was good stuff. I miss that. That was like the closest thing to a sort of film experience I had had at my high school, which mm-hmm. kind of sucks because I know a lot of people who had like legitimate film classes in high school, which is awesome. I never would have had anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, our school was too poor, I guess. It happens when you go to a small school. Yeah. Yeah, there was no one there. The high school I would have gone to if I had stayed in Bishop, California. It was like it's bigger than Cowder Sports School, but it was about a graduating class of a hundred maybe. Mm-hmm. And just my brother went there and every year they were just like hemorrhaging programs because their budget kept getting cut. So like the year, my brother's senior year was the last year they offered any sort of theater thing. They were like stripping down pretty much any sport except football. Was no longer getting funding from the school yet wow. to pay for your own 
everything for it. I believe band was getting like really compressed into like we'll no longer do like instrument rentals to kids like we used to. So I was like you had to buy everything for yourself. Damn. And they were just they were like pulling double duty. So like the they completely cut the theater department. So there's no theater teacher. They didn't even have like an English teacher or anything direct a play because they didn't want to buy rights for the plays. Wow. It's just bad. That sucks. That sounds really shitty. What, so what years were you there? Uh, I never went to that high school. Oh, okay. I, w- I lived in that town from when I was birthed to <laughs> when I was 12, and then we moved to Virginia. Gotcha. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, high school sucked. I didn't like high school. I liked high school, but that's because I was cool and popular. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, I was popular. I don't know if I was cool, but everyone was popular at my school because there were so few people. Everyone mm-hmm. knew everyone. Yeah, like, looking back on it, I guess I had a good time, and it was nice, but while I was in it, I was just, like, ready to get out of it, mm-hmm. you know? I remember just being kind of miserable the whole time, which is, seems to be a trend. I keep being miserable a lot. When's that gonna end? Yeah, I wonder... <laughs> try feeling better, dude. What's going on with that? It's like, I was like, oh, when I'm out of high school, I'll be less sad, and then I was like, oh, well, <laughs> when I'm out of this film school, I'll be less sad, and now I'm like, oh, when I'm... Not here anymore. I'll be less sad. Maybe I'm just sad. Yeah, that might be the thing. One thing I've got a, I've got like a real. This is a touchy subject for me, but yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What is it called? I'm gonna spill some tea right Ooh, we're here. We're gonna, we're digging deep. Mm-hmm. For anyone who's listening, who's interested in this tea, my senior year of high school, my friend Tommy and I were going to direct a Sherlock Holmes play. And we were really excited. Tommy was going to play Sherlock, I think, is what we are going to do. And we were getting super pumped because, like, I don't remember what happened, but there was no one to do the play that year. And we had enough clout with the principal and whatever that we were like, we want to do the play just without, like, a teacher director, basically. Like, I was going to direct. It was going to be awesome. But this girl in our grade... She was doing her senior project, and her her senior project was to write a play. Like, I don't know how she even managed to get that. Like, I I had to do, like, a career track thing and, like, do research about how to work as a director, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. She's got to write a play. And so she wrote this play, this one-act play, and we did that instead. So, like, I didn't get to direct (laughs) it because it was her play. It ended up being pretty fun, but... The whole experience left me real salty. I'm still upset about it. And to make it all worse, she won a scholarship that I also, a creative writing scholarship that I also submitted for with this play that I didn't even think was very good. Oof. I said it. That's the T. I said it. You're telling me that a high school senior's self-written one-act play wasn't great? It was, um, you know what? I'm just going to say it. It was bad. Oh my god, that's hard to believe. I I don't want to I don't want to call her out if she listens to this. You know what? I'm sorry. I I mean no harm or uh, offense is the word I was looking for. Look, honestly, I'm feeling like I'm having trouble. I don't know whether to believe you or not because on the one hand, it's like here's what happened. It's a high school project, but on the other hand, you don't even like Treasure Planet. True. So who do I? Whose side do I take? My opinion is not one that should be listened to at all. I just have them, but. This is what happened, is that she wrote this play, it was really bad, and all of our friends who were acting in the play just ad-libbed the whole thing, and it was hilarious. 
But from my perspective, we were kind of just making fun of the play. And that just came over like really well. Like the audience ate it up. And it was a tiny little audience. But they ate it up. And it was really fun. But the play itself was just not good. And Mm. that's okay. I'm just upset that I didn't get to direct that play that year. Because it would have been great. It would have been a really awesome experience for me. Uh, It's sad. I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah, it's okay. What, um... What did you write to submit to that creative writing scholarship? It was a, a short story. It was probably like 15 pages long. I, I haven't read it since I wrote it. And I'm sure it was bad and super melodramatic. But it <laughs> was about this girl who somehow dies, but we don't know how she dies. Oh, boy. And then she becomes death. So, like, she's given the the, the task of going around and, like, you know, collecting souls and whatnot. Sure. And while doing that, she, like, discovers how she died. And it was, like, a lot. It was not very good. But I I spent a lot of time on that thing. And I was just upset that I didn't win that scholarship. But honestly, I probably didn't deserve the scholarship. I don't know if that play did either, you know? You know, why don't you send me a copy of both, and then I can decide who I would give the oh, you can to. You can ask Jersey about it. Jersey was there. She was in it. I'm sure she's told me the story before. Yeah. It's it was fun. It was a good it was good. I was just bummed I didn't get to like have that sort of uh experience, you know? Yeah. There you have it, y'all. There's the tea of the week. Wow. A lot of drama being stirred up in the did we just become best friends fandom. Yeah, who knows? This could this could be my downfall someday. But I had to tell my truth. You know, good for you. That takes a lot of courage. Thank you. Speaking of courage. Oh, I uh, hope you've got a lot of it, because this week's movie is a real scary doozy. It's a scary doozy of a movie? It's not really scary. It's a bit of a doozy, though. Well, I think I'll be the judge of that. Eraserhead. Ugh. I knew you were going to pick this movie at some point. Yep. Have you seen it? No, but... Excellent. Excellent! I'm I'm dreading watching it. Yes! Why? Why are you dreading it? Because my opinions are already colored, and I know it's fucking weird why are you, how how are your opinions colored if you literally haven't seen the movie because i'm not really a horror guy this isn't a horror movie well i'm not really that kind of movie anyway with psychological thrillers or horrors or whatever i don't Eraserhead defies classification you haven't seen it look i'm just saying here's my point in order to give the appearance of someone who's seen a lot of movies all the classics i like to read like the quick rundowns of movies so that i can seem informed oh that's lame why do you do that because you know there's a lot of movies out there that people are like oh you need to see this movie and i don't have enough time to watch every good movie in the world but you have time to watch a lot of bad movies yeah what is that? You're, you're like, all right, let me watch Rango four or five times, but I'm not going to watch Eraserhead once. I'm going to watch Eraserhead once Well, you're going to now. now. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, what are some other ones that you've you've read about but haven't actually seen? Let's see. All of the Friday the 13th. This is something I do more with horror movies. Okay. Friday the 13th. Have you seen, like, Halloween or those movies? I've read about all the Halloween movies. All right. Have you seen... Okay, so you just you're not into horror at all. Not really. Alright, well, this is gonna be a fun podcast now. I had no idea that you didn't like horror movies. I don't mind horror movies, but I will never go out of my way to watch one. You're about to have to. 
Because now I, I'm now I'm going to pick nothing but horror movies. Well, that's not going out of my way because I've already agreed to do this podcast, okay. and therefore any movie you recommend is in my way. Well, yeah, I'm going to put it right in front of you. All right, Eraserhead. I think this would be fun. Try to try to go in with an open mind, though. It's it's really well, not. It's not what you think it is. I don't, I don't think. I don't really think it's anything at this point. Well, that's good. You know, so. just just leave all those preconceived notions at the door. It's a really beautiful film, but you have to experience it head on without shying away from anything. Here's the one thing I do remember from my uh, quick plot-centric review of this movie. There's a baby. Sort of. Kind, there's kind of a baby. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's All a right. baby. And okay, yeah, I guess like trigger warning, the baby's kind of gross. I've, I've heard about the gross baby. Yeah, but it's like, it's not that bad. It's actually really cool. Just here's here's what I'll say. This is your one preconceived notion you can have. They made this movie over like five years, just like piecemeal. You know, they had they had no money, and all of the the special effects they made they did on their own in like a barn stable, and uh, yeah, it's it's really amazing on that level. And it was, we'll talk about it next week. It's great. I guess we'll talk about it next week. Hey, thanks so much for listening, everyone. If you want to watch Eraserhead before the next episode, do it. It's on, uh, I think it's on HBO Max. So if you got HBO Max, go, to, go go check it out. Or I've definitely watched it on YouTube before. So if it's not on HBO Max, it's definitely on YouTube, but it might have like French subtitles. Oh, boy. Yeah. The worst language. Ah. Oh. oh. All right. No, we'll get, we won't get into that. All right. All right, uh, my, again, my, my name's Reese. You can find me at Dashing Agent on, like, YouTube and stuff. I'm Brandon. Go to Grumpy Penguin on YouTube to, to find more me. And I'll see you next week after watching Eraserhead. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. All right, bye, everybody.